0: So for the guest here, in case you hadn't already figured it out, um, tell when it always comes time for offering. Sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. The reason for that is our pastor is on sabbatical for three months, of which that is going to end in a couple of weeks. Praise God. Um, so a few of us have uh, Chris and I are elders in the church, and so we've been doing the majority of the preaching, teaching during that time period, which is part of our job as elders, um, also taking care of the needs of our, our flock as shepherds or teachers as part of our responsibility, every once in a while you see little things that happen like stand up, sit down. So it's not, you know, I like to say, bro, there's a book by John Piper says, brothers, we are not professionals. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that. And so, um, I've been tasked to uh, just give what we call a last sermon. So like, if I was given the opportunity to stand up before you and say, this is my last sermon, this is what I want you to hear. Now, as everybody knows, this is now the third time I'm giving my last sermon. (laughs) So it's uh, one of those things that, you know, I'd ask you know, where, where do we want to go, what do we want to see? And so I asked one of the times, if somebody here wants to make a suggestion, then please do. And so Bill was kind enough to give me a suggestion. And it's kind of something that, as a last sermon, which this may be my last sermon, because, you know, it's time, you know, we want to move on to other elders, Uh, lift those up in our church. We're all about leadership here. And eventually, my time is going to be at an end, praise God. Um, And then uh, we'll be having another elder take my place. So it definitely could be my last sermon. And so we want to um, go from Bill's suggestion, which is the love of God, to the love of our church, and how we love each other. And so this Honduras mission is one of those places where we look and say, why why do we go to Honduras? What's the purpose? You know, there's plenty of service work. You know, we met a group, came in a few weeks ago here that came from, like, Minnesota down to this area to do their mission work. And we go from this area to there to do our mission work. Um the you know we we do do mission work here in town we have a thing called raise more which part of that money goes to missions on Honduras missions in in uh over in Saudi Arabia in Italy in India um, it also goes to missions here in town and we do do things like um mission work down i've done done stuff at smith park and at at Cherokee Park, Um, but why do we do that? We, as Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, are called to be what I call a separate race, okay? It doesn't matter, you know, body type, job, thoughts, um, creeds, Democrat, Republican, whatever your politics are, we are called to be one race, which is in Jesus Christ, And so what we need to do is move from believers in Christ to being one unified body, whether that be the church here in this building or the church around the the United States or the church globally, we need to go from point A to point B. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning and what the Bible has to say about that. Um... One of the biggest things has been is reliance on the church as a family, okay? So we're down in Honduras, sitting at the airport. I start texting my older boys to see where they are to see if they can pick us up at the airport, okay? One of them is at the beach, and one of them has to run to Oxford to close his apartment and move to a new, new apartment up in Oxford, and we're say, okay, well, how are we going to get from the airport to our house? And so, where do you think I'd rely? Family, not available, but a second family, <clears throat> one that I would advocate is even sometimes more reliable, or at least uh, <laughs> able to be um, called upon, is the church. So I called Roger. Roger, without hesitation, came and picked up four of us at the airport. Now, that is Christian love, Christian service. So we're going to talk about how we get from A to B. Um, and I, you know, I really appreciate that. I've, I've come to the church. You know, we're all broken people. And I certainly have been broken over the years. As far as you can get broken, I think. Um, and the first place I turned was to the church body. I walked in. Just said, you know, they said, hey, what are you doing here? Blah! This is why I'm here, you know. This is what I, where I'm at. And I would advocate that all of us as human beings are trying to fill a hole in our heart, which is most easily filled by Jesus Christ than filled by other things, whether it be work, play, other people, relationships with other people, than Jesus Christ. And to fill that hole is all we're looking for for relationship, and for, you know, this peace. Like Chris has been talking about, this peace where Jesus is asleep in the boat during the storm. And, it, and they're going, you know, in the words of Chris, Bro, what, what is wrong with you? How can you sleep during this time? To where we're all looking for that sort of peace, okay? So, show me that first verse up there. This comes from Psalms 147.11. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. So where do we get that steadfast love? Where does it come from? How do we see that? Okay, so oftentimes God can be seen in things that we do, you know, we pray for things and it gets to us. Where we can see God in those moments. So, for example, in Honduras, Hunter was talking about earlier, where we see things that, that come in Honduras. One of the things that kind of took me aback is when we go to Honduras and go on mission, you always wonder, are we doing the right thing? Are we in the right place? Are we using our resources wisely like we should? We went to that village, they did Vacation Bible School, and they did this really neat thing where they, excuse me, where they took and cut up, folded up construction paper, and then they cut it. And then when it opened, it revealed a cross in that thing. And when they showed that to the little kids of that village, the kids asked them, what does that represent? Cross, They said, oh, that represents a cemetery. Okay? So another example of going from point A to point B. We are called to go to the world as witnesses of Jesus Christ. That's a great commission. And so one of those things, which is God speak or God moments or whatever in our lives, that's one of those places where you can see Confirmation that you're in the right place doing the right thing. You know, when you, we can expose, I think there were what, anywhere from 60 to 120 kids came to those vacation Bible schools. When you're exposing young people to that, it's more important than just going down there, building houses for the poor, all those kind of things. It is the Great Commission lived out. So how does that happen? People from here working in unity as Christians. The state of Texas has come to the point where they don't know what to do. They don't have the resources to take care of foster kids and foster families. So where are they turning at this particular moment? They are turning to churches to help them solve that problem, not to taxpayers, not to hiring more government officials, all those things. They are now turning to churches. So what they do is they get requests from families. They take those requests. They don't go to social administration of, you know, food and hunger or whatever. They go to local churches and say, here's our list of needs. What can you do to help us? And by doing that, what they're able to do is keep kids out of the foster system. That requires unity among the members of Christ to make that service. So I'm going to take our first passage from out of 1 Corinthians 12, 11. So this is the Corinthian church, which is a very good example of our current church. And so we did a Bible study here where we went through the whole Corinthians. And so... It's very representative of, Corinth is very representative of where we stand today. But Paul, in this passage, has something to say about us in this room, about being members, and a further extension of those outside this room. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ." For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and are all made to drink of one spirit. Has anybody noticed on the wall back there, the picture of the people up on the wall going down that hallway right there? That's, it. That's what's written there under each picture of various different people. Okay, doesn't matter your race, your politics, whatever. We are one body. And what is it that makes us that one body? That we all believe in one thing, which is Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, next, that there be may be no division in the body, but that members may have some care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And and we've suffered here recently with a death of one of our our members and we missed her dearly in Honduras you know it's been we go up this big hill to go up to the top to take a photograph of all the people and getting up that giant hill and then down the other side to where we're going is not an easy task and you know for some of us that are old guys like me it gets more and more difficult every time I go down there but um, I've seen people that no matter what they're suffering, either for the, for the whole of the group or for the, the whole of doing the experience of being closer to Jesus, make that heal. Okay? And Sonia was one of those people that no matter what kind of physical state she was in, and it's two things. One, it's her physical shape that she was in, but it's also the group helping her to the top of that mountain and back down that is one body in christ okay so as one suffers we all suffer we've got other people in here we pray daily you know i had the opportunity of getting down on an altar down in honduras to special time for all of us to sit down and pray for illness of one of our one of our family members of this church and you know it's One family member telling another one, the message gets all the way to Honduras, and then we're able to, we're all suffering together, we can pray at that special time for one another. So if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members in it. So one of the things that we always want, and especially in this day and age, is we all want to be self-reliant. That's giving up our independence is one of the hardest things we can do as human beings. Okay? We we want the relationship in this body of one another. And so my closest friends are in are in this in this body of Christ here. Okay? But at the same time we want to maintain our our independence. So what happens is, as we're wanting to be the harmonious body of Christ here, relying on one another, what happens is, and in this passage, in between these two passages, we've talked about is it, it talks about you know the Christ's body and the church being a body, hands, feet, legs. About how we all rely on one or the other. You know, if you cut off your hand, then you're missing a part of your body. You stub your toe. Any professional athlete knows if he stubs his toe, he's out potentially for the rest of the season. It's the same with us. Everybody um, should rely on everybody else. And so we want to move to that direction. Well, in order to do that, we have to give up some of our independence ourselves, our selfish sort of nature. Like, I, I, you know, for me, I'm not a big orphanage guy to go to an orphanage, spend time with, with kids. I'd rather in Honduras build holes and get as far away from what I'm doing here in the United States as something else down there. But when you go to an orphanage, sometimes it's about the people you're serving and here we're serving one another. So you'll probably see a picture in some video of me holding a kid. And that's one of the, I mean, it was just really awesome for me. I didn't think it would be. But I thank Jay and Hunter for kind of encouraging us to do that. Spending that time was of value to me. And it's not about about what I wanted. It's serving the greater community of Jesus Christ down there and to that Child that I was holding, she just came up to me and just boom, straight up. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's you and I. And so, (laughs) um, but it was a neat experience for me. And I, you know, it's one of those things I wouldn't trade. I didn't want to do, but you know, in service to Christ, you know, I was encouraged to go there, and I did. And that's one of those things that just memory that I'll have forever. And I can tell you, I had to give up some of my independence to pick that kid up off the floor, really, okay? So what we want to do is to not completely give up our independence, but we want to become interdependent on one another, okay? So how do we get there? We need to get there by unity as a body in this room, okay? So with this, we'll turn to Ephesians, chapter 4. Go through the first six verses. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace that... There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And in all. So let's look at the, where this is in the Bible. So if you look at Ephesians, the first three chapters... It all talks about the grace of God, the love of God. Why all and Jesus Christ? Why we should be in that? This is a turning point in the in Ephesians, where basically Paul starts talking about changing. It's a it's a twit, it's a switch there, where we go from grace and all those things and everything that we want about Jesus. How do we actually do that? Okay, so, first three chapters or theology, however you want to call it, and then putting it into practice. Okay. So, when he talks about, go to the first verse, please. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, are you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Worthy in this in this passage means weight. You know, like worthy, like heavy weight burden on you. You've got to be worthy of that, okay? It's like the guy who says, Lord has opened my eyes, I've been baptized, I'm ready to roll. Now what am I going to do with the rest of my life, okay? It's that sort of weight, okay? How how do we walk that way? And so in Ephesians, in this fourth verse, in this fourth chapter, he talks about two things, unity and purity. Today we're going to talk about mainly the, the unity side of that, Okay, and that's unity as individuals and unity as a church. We'll stick first to the uni- unity as individuals, okay? Um, what Most of us have encountered death in some form or fashion. Loss of a relationship. Divorce. Uh, best friend suddenly decides they don't like you anymore. Breakup of a boyfriend, girlfriend. Whatever it is. I, I would say that the things that hurt us the most are what I call either alienation, like you're split from that person, or you're left alone. Okay. So that in relationship is oftentimes where our deepest hurt comes as human beings. Okay. So What we want to do is we want to move as a group. The best example I can think of is like when you get on an elevator, you hear the elevator music going off. How is everybody when they're in the elevator? You're going up the elevator. What does everybody look like in an elevator? They're all looking forward. Nobody really wants to look side to side and see who's with them or what they're doing or what they're carrying. Everybody is looking forward. And then... The elevator opens, a bunch of people get off. You may wonder where they're going. But in general, everybody goes about their life, whatever their task is for the day, and you have no idea what that is. So switch this around where we're looking at this building going up. Do we want this to be like an elevator? Where everybody's looking at me forward, listening to the worship music and all that stuff? No, we don't want that. We want... If we get on the elevator, it's like you know everybody in there... and you're talking like maybe you... if you all worked on the same floor, you know each other... you know where you're headed. This body, as an elevator going up... which hopefully we are headed up to everlasting life together... we want this to not be like an elevator at work... in a tall building, okay? So when we start talking about unity... And knowing each other and in interdependence on one another, we want to move away from that example like the elevator going up. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. So, for anybody that's elevated or, or that's uh, alienated or lonely, what are they looking for? See it in an example of some of these songs we're listening to, the worship music. We're looking for arms wide open, right? Whether it be Somebody else in this room? Or, ultimately, we can't rely on even people in this room. We've got to rely on one place, which is Jesus Christ. That's all where we're headed. Okay. Um, I had, one of the things I learned about Honduras, going down there, I don't learn as much about what's going on in Honduras, oftentimes, as I learn about myself my lack of things in myself, and also what other people's thoughts, minds, and all those things. Because we go as a group. One group had, what, 28 people in it? And the other one had 18? Those are relatively small groups. And we get to know each other fairly quickly. We, need, we learn how to get on each other's nerves fairly quickly. And we learn the blessings and what others have to offer fairly quickly. Had one person tell me... I was getting ready to leave the church... Because I did not feel like I was beginning to develop those contacts in the, in the church. Getting to know people. Knowing what, who was who. And how to interact with other people in the church. I was getting ready to leave. And now that they've gone to Honduras and they know more people, and you know people a little more intimately, they are cemented in here now, I think. And that, that's something I learned and what we're trying to talk about today to help us move forward as a congregation, okay? And for myself, every trip, which we'll talk about it here in a minute, I, I always learn uh, gentleness, and patience. It's not easy for me. Okay? So we're going to first talk about character. Okay? Character is the first thing that leads us to, to, um, to our, how we get unified as one. It leads to peace and unity. Humility has been something that's been despised for many, many years both in our culture and in the Roman culture, when this passage was written. If you were a humble person, you were considered weak. Okay? Same thing here. If you're very humble, you're considered weak for some reason. Okay? Well, one of the, the ways we want to look at humility is how we can serve others and, and be at peace with ourselves is how to develop that humility. And that's part of the in, inside ourself thing for Christianity. Um, if you look at Jesus, people might have, you know, he turned the other cheek, he gave up his life for us, he let him stone him, beat him, nail him to a cross, when he could have easily, through the power of God and the power he had within him, could have easily stopped that at any moment. So some people look and say, how can somebody be that weak or that meek or that humble? He did that for a greater purpose, which is for us. So we're looking for that sort of thing in our own lives, being Christians and being in this community, so that we can move forward as a group. Um, So basically the humility we're looking for is basically strength without having to show it to somebody. Okay? And patience and love are one of those things. We have to be tolerant of each other. Okay? So when we talk about love of God, when I first started talking about showing it, the only, way, only place that people are oftentimes in their life are going to see God is through one of us. Whether it's people in Honduras or people we go to church with or people that visit here, you know, our, our love for them doesn't come because we know them. It comes that's what we want to do. We want to invite them in to what we have, which is the love of Christ in a, in a future. And you've heard me say this a lot of times. There's got to be more than life. Then you're born, life is hard, and then you die. Okay? So we, we want to be of a different race and be vastly different. The second part of this is divine nature. Okay. Put up that, uh, there you go. So where we, where we look at verse 4, this, this could be a hymn. A lot of people think that this was a hymn that the early church sang. So there's basically seven points here of how we get unified. We're one body. We have one Holy Spirit. We have one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Okay? So that what we rely on is when we look at somebody that, that comes or somebody we meet on the street, we are looking for some way to interact with that person. Okay? Oftentimes when we go places, say you're in a cab in New York City and you see a little cross that hangs up on the, on the mirror, you immediately have something in common with that cab driver. Okay? You can say, hey, what's the cross? What does that mean to you? And suddenly, before long, you have this deep, intimate contact with somebody that's in a cab in New York City that you would never have. And what is that? That's through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ. Where where I use that in my life, and I got this overwhelming, horrible feeling many years ago. People say, Doc, why don't you pray for me? Is there anything I need to do before we go back to the operating room? Yeah, will you pray for me? I would leave the room, and I would like either not do it or maybe not think about it anymore, I felt this deep, overwhelming sense of loss, guilt, whatever. So what I do now is when they say, Doc, will you pray for me? I do it right that second with them in the room. I don't care who's in there. I don't care what they're doing. I just stop and do it right that minute. Because it's one of those things that connects us not only through Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God as one, as human beings, you know, there's something like, in, in people that come see me, especially elderly people, there's like one in five of them that their only human touch they get ever is when they come to a doctor and a doctor examines them. Okay, and so it's easy for me as a as a surgeon to, you know, they're here for a surgical problem. I touch that area or whatever. But some people, it's not so easy. You know, you look, look at them, you talk to them, whatever. That may be their only human touch they get in the entire year is when they come to see us. It's very sad. But if they come here, we hug each other, we shake hands, and all that stuff. You see where we're starting to, to move out? Um, the second thing is Christ. So all of us in this room, just like the cab driver or whatever, we all have one single thing we can focus on, which is Christ. And what do we all have? We have one Father, which is God, which also puts things in common for us. Okay? So it also charges us, the word down there is eagerness in verse 3. Eager to maintain that unity. Which means not eager to, you know, if somebody didn't like the chairs here, not eagerness to jump on me or Chris about, I don't like the chairs. It's eagerness to move towards unity, okay? It's eagerness to move to go down to Honduras to help those people learn about Jesus Christ. It's eagerness when the youth group goes down to... Smith Park, to go down there and feed. I am not eager to go sit back there in the, in the Sunday school room to be with the kids. I remember one time doing that when the kids climbed all the way up on the back of one of those bookshelves and hit the person that was working with me smack in the back of the head with one of the books. I am not eager to go in there and do that experience again. But if that's where I need to serve, then I, the verse says be eager to go do that as one in the body of Christ, okay? So last thing is it calls us to be peacemakers, okay? So we want to move towards the bond of peace, which basically peace comes in two forms, either by us being together and serving one another and everybody and being in harmony. The other is, if things start going bad, kind of off the rails, then somehow we need to be peacemakers. And peacemakers can be through love, or it can be through a hammer. So we're called to whichever one that means. And so we have to be gentle, which is very hard for me. But I... You know, spending many trips down to Honduras, I'm learning that. And I appreciate everybody that's contributed to my education. All right, so we're all looking for that tranquility of peace. And this is how we get there, is through unity as a body. Go to the next verse. Okay. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Okay, so what we're looking for is that peace, relationship, nature that leads to one thing, which is righteousness, and that's where we're that's where we all want to head for. Next, next. Okay, John said, so "I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through." word, and that, and that they may all be one, just as you, Father, and in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent, sent me. So we want to move towards that peace, that relationship in the form of Jesus Christ, so that we can show others in our world that's that's where, where we're headed. Okay? People can come in here at any time and say, you know, I don't like that church because I'm not getting fed. I I don't like that church because the chairs, the carpet, whatever are trouble. You know, it's like back there where I sit, you can see my coffee stain right there on the floor. (laughs) Um, What we want to be able to show is the love of Jesus Christ and Help people see that there is a God, and that we're all one in Christ, Holy Spirit, and one Father. That's where we're headed. So, if I'll show a couple of those pictures. So this is the mountain we're talking about, where we were up. Go up the side of the mountain. You take this picture, then down the side of the mountain. So this is the is the video you saw of the first team, and this is the second team. Overlooks a beautiful lake there. Go down into this, this project for young children that one of the guys separate mission. One of the things I notice about Honduras when I go there is there are a lot of missionaries at the place where we stay. One has this mission, one has that mission, one's with this group, one's another group. One thing you find is that all those people are, get defensive the second you ask them about what they're doing and what their mission thing is. Oh, I'm with this group, or I'm with that group, or we're doing this, and we have the greatest project in the world, and we have the greatest ministry. We have this project. We have the greatest ministry. Everybody should be doing that or doing this. It loses sight of what we're talking about right now in this place, which is why are we all down there? To show those people the love of Jesus Christ, to serve our one God, our one Jesus that we all have in common. We all say we're down there. And we need the Holy Spirit to come. And so what I try to do is when I'm in Honduras, I try to sit down with them and talk back and forth just as Christians. And I I meet a lot of really neat people once you get past that junk, it's very, it, it's very easy to see why we're down there and what we're looking for that unity in, in Christ. Does that make sense? Next picture. <clears throat> this is where we're headed. You see Honduran, me, some members of our team, Honduran family, all serving them, but what are we doing together? We all have our heads down, praying to one God, one Jesus, all in unity. That's where we want to head. Whether it's in this room, around this community, around this state, or in Honduras. We want to head there. Next one. This is speaks more words than I can possibly say up here in front of y'all. Amen. So, thank y'all very much. i to pray for us. <clears throat> so we're going to do something just a little bit different. If everybody bow your heads for just a second. Dear Heavenly Lord, we come to you knowing that you're a great God. And that first of all, our sins must be forgiven for whatever it is we have, Lord. Whatever junk we carry around, wherever we go, do, interact, we ask for a fresh start every day. No matter what our past is, we always look towards a future as unity in you, Christ. First thing we want to do is want to pray for those in our family around us. Whether it be in the church or outside the church or who we interact with. Second thing we want to do, Lord, is pray for those who we come in contact every day, whether it be at work or just in our community, our neighbors or whoever. Next thing, Lord, what we want to do is come to you and pray to you, Lord, about those who we have difficult relationships with right now, Lord, whether it be in this room or in our families, in our neighborhood or at work or wherever. And, Lord, this last one is very difficult for us. We want for you to help us, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus, through your will to pray for our enemies, Lord, those who we hate, those who we feel like we'll never be together again with. <clears throat> we just ask for your guidance and prayer for those people specifically, those that we just fully despise in the world, nor our enemies. Lord, we ask you to teach us how we can get along with one another, Lord. We ask that uh, you you have us agree more and argue less. Listen more, talk less. Produce more, advertise less. Confess more, accuse less. Laugh more, fret less. Give more and receive less, Lord. Just thank you for this time you've given us in peace. As we know, brothers around the world don't have that peace. We just thank you for that protection you give us, Lord. Just thank you for Jesus Christ and all he means to us. In your name we pray, amen.